nurturing a world-class talent. Nurturing a world-class talent. The idea of nurturing gives the impression of a seedling that is being planted and carefully looked after to ensure that it reaches its full potential. And so when we say nurturing a world-class talent, the impression I get is of a seed that is being grown to become big. Let me mention that I will be referencing three main books. The main one is The Five Talent Mentality, which I would highly recommend to all of you. The second book is The Career Starter Pack. And the third one is Personal Branding. Very important because when all is said and done, a talent without a brand will be meaningless. A talent is simply a natural ability. Something that you don't struggle to do. Something that comes to you naturally. And so, the word nurturing and the word talent suggests that something that you are able to do naturally, you want to invest time and effort to polish it to the very highest level. Let me challenge every one of you to take out a notebook, an iPad, a sheet of paper, and write down a list of 30 things that you do relatively easily. I'll pause for a minute to allow you to do that. And then we'll continue with the presentation. 30 things that you do relatively easily. 30 things you love doing, 30 things that come to you naturally, just take a minute to work on it. Everyone, everyone, this is not just talk. It's also about work. Don't think too hard. Just write and write and write. The first 10 should be very easy. The second batch of 10 will require a bit more application. The third group of 10 will be the most difficult because you have to stretch your mind to remember But write down anything that comes to your mind. You remember names easily. You smile without effort. You like braiding hair. You like drawing. You like talking. Anything that comes to your mind, just write it. Don't worry about whether it's officially a talent or not. Continue this assignment. Continue this task. And make time to write as many as you can. Now, after you finish writing them you will see a relationship between the various abilities. And then you will group some of them together. Once you begin to group them, you begin to isolate groups of things that you know how to do, and that will point you to the future. Let me also make a categorical statement that one talent is all you need. Why is that so important to me? Because many of us have read the biblical story of the talent. And we think that the person who had five talents had an advantage because he was able to generate five more and he was commended by the Lord. And that's ideally what it should be. Even the one who had two was okay, but the one who had one was not okay because he had only one. 
and we sometimes almost sympathize with him. But guess how many talents I have? Only one. And yet, out of one talent, I have generated over 20 things that I do. Many of you ask me, am I not multi-talented? I said, I have only one talent. So, guess what? In the Bible, somebody had one talent and hid it. Somebody had five talents and used it. In real life today, many of you have five talents and you have hidden them. I have one and I'm using it. Tell somebody one talent is all you need. Now, for many people who you talk to about talent, very often they raise an objection immediately. And they try to explain to you, you see, you don't understand my situation. And based on years of research into this subject, I'm going to show you the most common objections people raise when you mention talent and the use of it. Number one, I'm not good at anything. Some people say, listen, me, as for me, I'm not good at anything. There's, there's nothing that I can say is my talent. Listen, you are, you are 18, you are 20, you are 25, you are 30, and you still can't tell what you are good at. You, half of your life is not being lived. A huge chunk of your life has been left unattended. Friends, can I suggest to you that the biggest fulfillment, the, the, most, the most engaging, exciting, interesting times of my life have been around my talent and its use. So if you haven't found your talent and you're not using it, obviously you are living a significant part of your life unattended. So one, I'm not good at anything. Two, how do I find my talent? That means that I don't know how to find it. Three, I have so many talents, but I'm confused about which one is the real deal. So, multiple talents and confusion. Number four, there are giants ahead of me. The concern is that I have an idea about what I'm good at, but there are so many people who are so established in that field. Let's say I'm singing. Where do I start from? Look at the people who have made it all the way to the international stage, when, when will I become somebody in the, in, the, in the music field? Or art? Or drama? So, you look at the giants who are already ahead of you. The fifth objection people raise is about timing. I should have started far earlier. They complain and they say, if I had known this ten years ago, I wouldn't have wasted my time. Objection number six. Nobody believes in my talent. And this is the kind of objection that people raise when others laugh at them. When, when, when people laugh at your talent, you say, you see, they don't believe in me. And please note that nobody is under any obligation to endorse your talent. You will find that for many people, it is easier to laugh at you than encourage you. The truth about it is that everyone, even the Lord Jesus Christ, has, ah, it's not the carpenter's son, People just will laugh at you. So, please note that people will sometimes denigrate what you have and not be excited about it, but that shouldn't discourage you. The seventh and final one is, I know my talent, but there's no money in it. 
Nobody has made money from this area. So I don't, I'm not too excited. There's no money in it. So these are the seven basic barriers people raise when you talk about talent. I'm not good at anything. How can I find my talent? I have multiple talents. There are giants ahead of me. I should have started earlier. Nobody believes in my talent and there's no money in it. These are the main barriers people raise. Having said that, let me submit respectfully that your God-given talent can take you where your degree may not qualify you. Your God-given talent can open doors that formal education may have closed to you. I, I sat down to evaluate the number of awards we've won, the number of international experiences we've had, very major recognitions, and let's face it, largely they are all talent-related. Pursuing your talent, pursuing your passion. In that regard, therefore, I want to give you a few Ghanaian examples in different areas of talent. And I've deliberately chosen areas of engagement, many of which were not perceived as profitable or potential careers 10 years ago. Let me say that in some of these fields, if you had suggested to your parents some time ago that you wanted to pursue a career in those areas, a family meeting would have been called. But be that as it may, it is important to submit that all these people have one thing in common. They are working with their talent. And so let's work this. I'm going to just show you a picture and tell me who is in the picture and what area they are in. The first one, Ochami Kwame and Mbeka. What area? Music. All right. Next, Sheriff Mpom Manso and who? KSM. And you categorize them as what? Drama. Somebody says film. All right. Third group or third one. This is less familiar, but you should know if you are very much on top of things. Who's this? Horseman shoes, so uh-huh, Senaya, and then who? Constance Swanika. So what, what area will you put this going? Constance does metal work, furniture, balustrades, exciting things in the arts. Alright. Next one, next group. Before you mentioned the name, you said acting. Okay. So this is Nadia and Ajitian and alias Pusha. Okay, so you will put these these under what? Acting. I hope you are noting the categories. It's very important. All right. Number five. Who are these? Anita Eskin and Jerry Ajalulu. Jerry is a full-time MC. He does that for a living. He left a job in a formal organization to pursue a career as a corporate MC. And he's any more as an MC than as a paid employee in a very, very respectable corporate organization. That's just another idea about emerging careers which are talent-based. Right. Next one. Bernard Avila and Dorinando. And, and you put that under radio or broadcasting. Okay. Next. Didi, are you and who? Adjua Bayo. And that's what? 
sports. Okay. Okay. Next. Hey. Who is that? Funny face and who? DKB. And that's what? Comedy. Last but one. On the left, Teresa Ayoade is the CEO of Chatterhouse Events Management. And on the right, Gloria Bakmayansen is the CEO of Planet Ghana. What do you have in common? Event management. Many of you, you have organized hall weeks all your life. From primary school hall week to university hall week. And you are still at home unemployed, praying to God for a job. May the Lord forgive you. Say amen. amen. Last one. These two are poets, Nana and Chief Mumen. They are poets. And they do that for a living. They are not uneducated. Imagine going to university and telling your parents that I'm going to be a poet, spoken word artist. All these 10 categories of people are using their talents in areas that 10 years ago you couldn't even discuss. The chief in your village will be called, your pastor will be called, your parents will resign or go on strike. But most of these people are earning far more than the regular employees earning. Just so you know that there is something God has given you that you can utilize to your full advantage and have a more fulfilling and a more productive life without excuses. Tell somebody you have no excuse. Tell the person, especially you. Tell the person, I see something in you. All right. Now, earlier on, I asked you to write down your 30 things you knew how to do. It was deliberate. It was to speak to the idea of discovery, especially for the person who says, so listening to you right now, I want to know my talent. How do I start? Now, when you make that list of 30 and you begin to group them, you will find a certain trend beginning to emerge. Now, out of that cluster of things you know how to do, there is something called your one talent, that one thing that you are good at. And let me show you how you can point to one out of the five things that may emerge as areas of interest. Number one, what are you passionate about? Listen, if you see me doing what I do, you see the passion in it. It's, it's, just, it's just there. It's natural. I, I just can't help but be passionate about what I do. When you are passionate about something, that is a pointer that the thing is your one main talent. Second pointer is ideas. If you get a lot of ideas in that area, you lie down and all your ideas, eight out of the ten ideas you get every day or every week are in that area. If majority of your ideas congregate around a particular area of your interest, that is your one talent that God gave you. I am premising my presentation on the fact that no matter how disadvantaged anyone might be, you have one thing, one talent God has given you that can open doors to you and change your whole life. The third pointer is intuition. Intuition is simply something you didn't go to learn in school, but which you know somehow. And so sometimes you, you, you know the answer to your question, but when they tell you to work it, you can't work it, but you know the answer. You understand something, you, can, you, can, you, can, you, you just know what to do. 
when you are in that space, you just know. I mean, they wake you up and you know what to say. And they say, show me the formula by which you are able to tell when to say what. And you can't show it, but you know. Do you, do you learn it in school? No. But you know what to say. That's what they call intuition. The fourth one is execution. Execution. One day I heard my boss say, I've stopped preaching bad sermons. He confused me for several weeks because I felt that ah, everybody must have a bad day. And I hadn't heard that before. That was about 10 years ago. I said, really? So somebody can say, I've stopped giving bad messages. I've stopped having bad performances. I thought they say, oh, every musician must have some day that you don't shine. But I learned from that. And I found out, Pastor, that is true. That you can stand and say, never will I stand to speak and not deliver. Never. I've banned it. I've stopped it. I've ostracized it. I've eliminated it. I've canceled it. Every day, you get the opportunity to do that one thing God gave you. You must shine. I, 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 I crack a joke and I say, so if Mary had, been, had had a bad day, the day the angel came, <laughs> Jesus wouldn't have been born. No. There is no room for bad days. There is no room for I'm not in the mood. You must be in the mood every day. <laughs> Tell somebody you must be in the mood. Tell the person, be in the mood. Hurry up, be in the mood. You have no business. How, you're not in the mood how? A hotel chain in America. The owner of the hotel came to the front desk. Nobody knew the owner because he's an old man, a rich old man. He doesn't go to the hotels. The executive directors manage the hotel and the big, the regional managers run the groups. But he, nobody knows him. He just owns all the shares. He goes to his own hotel and they snob him sitting in the corner, sitting in the corner. The person's having a bad day. The man sits down for a long time. The, the branch manager passes. Nobody minds him until they get a phone call that the, the area manager of the hotel is coming to visit them. Then they come and put red carpet. They've lined up waiting for the area manager. The area manager enters the place and all the managers are saluting. Then he looks in the corner and he sees his boss's boss. And he says, Hey, Mr. So-and-so, what are you doing here? He knows his trouble. Almost like, what are you doing here? And the moment he mentions the name, guess what? Everybody knows the name. Nobody knows the face. They turn around and this old man is smiling. He has crossed his leg and come and see the panic. Managers panicking. Executive director panicking. Staff panicking. The, the lady fainting. <laughs> Tell somebody, execute. No excuses. No bad days. Be in the mood. Now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Clap for yourself. You must be in the mood every time. <laughs> Number five is return, return, return. Efficiency, return. If I give two people 100 Ghana CDs each to trade, and you brought me 200, and you brought me 120, no offense meant. Next time I have only 100, I will give it to her and not you. If you put the same resources in two different things and one always brings you more than the other, you will pay attention to the one that brings you more, don't, wouldn't you? And so, return is another indicator of your one talent. Number six, sacrifice. The thing that you are willing to sacrifice for, you always are willing to sacrifice for it because you believe in it. And you feel, <laughs> you don't even think of whether you, you, you've, you've wasted your money, you've put your, and they ask you, why are you doing this thing? 
who sent you? Is it for your father? And you are just happy. And people don't understand why you do it. But you have sacrificed so much for that thing. That's another pointer. The last but one pointer is fulfillment. That thing that you do and you feel, this is what I was born to do. When you do it, you feel that you are accomplishing a divine purpose, something special. Fulfillment. And then the final indicator is appreciation. The thing that when you do, people come and tell you, thank you. Thank you so much. You don't know how you've blessed me. I mean, when I'm walking in Amsterdam airport and a young man comes running towards me and he says, you've changed my life. You don't even know me. Or a village in Germany, Moheim and the Roa. And somebody comes and says, hey, chief, today I've seen you. I've seen you on television several times. And, and he talks about something that changes life. Or you open the book, Dare to Dream, and there are 100 people who say, but for you, my life would have been meaningless. I mean, Comfort and I spent quite some time talking about the privilege to serve people and the appreciation that we get in terms of people saying, listen, thank you, and how much it means. Some things you can't buy them. You can't buy it. Right. Now, so you found your talent. Let's say you found a talent. You've used this process to narrow down on something. You say, okay, I am a communicator. I am an educator. I am an organizer. My talent is in sports. My talent is in invention. My talent is in inspiration. Okay, so now you found your talent. What next? The next is to make it world class. Let's admit it. Talent is not enough. Anywhere you stand, remember we said it here. Talent is not enough. There are people who play football at Jackson Park who are probably better than the DIU or Samwajan. But they don't probably earn even 30 Ghana cities a week. And yet, these guys are earning $300,000 and things like that a week. Talent is not enough. What should you add? Number one, the pursuit of excellence and order. The pursuit of excellence and order. Pursue excellence. Pursue order. Don't just do things anyhow. Push. Strive. Ask questions, seek, desire to be excellent in what you do. Orderliness. You can't move with some of the world-class sponsors we are partnering with for nine years if you are not orderly. Present a proposal, it writes down 25 benefits will give you at springboard. Then you come and you execute the benefits. And then two weeks after the program, you submit a report detailing what you did. It's order. Uh, we need help. We are hustling. We need help. Yeah. No, no, no. It's not about you need help. It's about excellence and order. Number two, invest time and money. Malcolm Gladwell makes a point in his book about the 10,000 hour rule. He says to become a guru in any field, you must have invested 10,000 hours of preparation. 
some of the interesting moments in our lives around 2 a.m. and we are sitting up, campus working on a presentation, I'm working on a presentation, and then we exchange and compare notes, and then we continue working in the night. Somebody else is snoring, which is fine. But the person sees you do what you do, and they say, I want to become like that at once. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. So the hours that you spend and the investment that you make, invest your time, invest your money if you want to become world class. Buy the books. If you ever saw me at airports carrying excess luggage, know that it's books. Invest in what you believe in to become world class. Put your money where your heart is. So time and money. Third thing, continuously improve. Everyone you can't do the same thing you are doing in the same way you did it last year. No. There must be a significant improvement. And it must be continuous, relentless. The fourth is integrity and commitment. Integrity and commitment. Keep your word. Let people know they can trust you. Let them know that when you say this box contains eight parts, it's eight. Not, not that you go and count and then it is six and you were hoping nobody would count. Build a reputation as somebody who goes the extra mile to keep your word and satisfy your customers and be fair to your stakeholders and you are true to yourself. When you do that, you will last for a long time. Many people like flash in the pan. Somebody appears, pam, 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 and then they, they, they do some things as I say in pidgin English, they, they run some things and then, then they disappear with the same speed that they started with. No. Stay the course. Be trustworthy. Build to last. And that's better. The last point I would make under becoming world class is on leveraging. If I said Michael Jordan, you would say he plays basketball. But he retired from playing basketball and now he makes money from endorsements, from from producing Jordan, Air Jordan, canvas shoes, and I'm sure basketball clinics. And so you start with one thing, and then you leverage it. Leveraging your one talent is probably the most interesting thing that we have discovered. How to take one talent and leverage it layer upon layer. So you apply it in one direction. So here I am making... A presentation to you the next time this presentation can be on television for a television broadcast it can be on radio for a radio broadcast it's also based on a book so you can be an author you can be a media educator it can be an article in the newspaper so they say how do you do so many things at the same time it's easy because you are doing one thing and you are channeling it through five different places i pray that everyone will know how to find your one talent and very importantly, drive it to become world-class and spread it in different directions. As I end my presentation today, I am particularly inspired by the story of a woman who everybody had a right to give up on. She had tried pursuing her talent all her life she was 47. She looked funny. She had no hope. She had sold only 1,000 albums. 
And nothing was happening for her. But she kept believing. One day, she went for Britain's Got Talent. And when she said she wanted to sing one day with Ellen Page, everybody burst out laughing. You, guess what? Within nine days, her audition had gotten 100 million hits on YouTube. She made five million pounds in her first year. And for the record, she sang with Ellen Page, ushered in the queen, and did much more. It doesn't matter where you are today. It's never too late. You can also become world-class and we pray that you would rise to the very top and when you get there, remember it all began at Springboard. God bless you.